0: Good morning, everyone. It's one of those uh, beautiful mistakes when you make way too much bacon when you're not supposed to. Father, we uh, we come before you today as your sons and daughters. God, we ask for Your Spirit to uh, be revealed to us today. God, we ask just for um, the comfort of Your presence, Father. We um, we just ask for hearts that can receive and listen. God, ears that can hear and understand. Yeah, we just um, we just ask today, Lord, just for a settledness, a slowness of heart. Slow us down, settle us down, lead us by cool, still waters. Make us lie down in green pastures today. pray amen
1: Over land and sea and sky, let there be sunrise to wake their sleeping eyes, and it was good. getting stars ignite in flames scattered in the darkness as moon takes center stage and you said let there be night let there be campfires let there be Love songs sung by candlelight, and it was good. In the beginning, there was He. was good. flaming swords sits that little garden at the dawn of the earth then there was sadness then there was shame when you found us hiding Calling out our name And you said Let there be a rescue Through sacrifice Let there be a hill and a cross To set all things right Let there be a Father's love to lead them back home to what we had in the garden. We were daughters and sons, and it was good.
0: Zephaniah 3:17 one of those uh, books of the bible that kind of gets skipped over and nobody ever reads there's this beautiful little verse it says the lord your god is with you and it's, he takes great delight in you and he rejoices over you with singing <laughs> um for a lot of us, unfortunately, we don't see God that way. We don't see God as, a, as one that would sing, especially over us. The idea of God singing is, is pretty foreign, I think, to a lot of us. Um, but I think the work of the gospel, the obvious work of the gospel, is causing us to see in our hearts the true nature of the Father a Father that loves and that cares and actually delights in us as His sons and daughters Um, and that's gotten lost for a lot of us it's gotten buried beneath the condemnation and the shame this delight of God is is, uh, kind of a foreign deal The true work of transformation of restoration which is what the gospel does is not seeing how bad we are and feeling guilty enough to change it's seeing how much we are loved and we are cared for and we are delighted in by the heart of God. That is the true work of the gospel because that's the only thing that will change the human heart. The absolute, unconditional, powerful love of Jesus. Seen all out through creation. Come into its fullness in the person of Jesus. So today you can rest the reality that God's not waiting for you to see just how evil you are in hopes that you'll change. God is waiting for you and for your heart to see how good he is towards you and how much delight he has in you as his son and his daughter. So let's take hope in that today. That God loves and cares for us. He pursues us. He's never stopped pursuing us. Uh, come again today we ask for uh just hearts to receive eyes to see you clearly with ears to hear you god would you just settle us down right now god as we get into your word your name we pray amen
2: Good morning, everybody. Hope everybody is doing well this morning. Well, let's get to it. Uh, Last week, uh, our good friend, John Littleford, he was here and did an awesome job as always. He taught from the book of Genesis. Who was here last week? I wasn't, so I was playing hooky last week, but uh, I got to catch up online. Brantley, thank you for having those on there where we can do that, but yeah, John did an awesome job. I thought it was funny, he taught uh, from Genesis, On a character named Joseph. He did a great job telling you the story of Joseph you were with. I don't know that he knew it, but the week before we were in our Hebrew study, and we got to the part where it was talking about Joseph. If you remember uh, him telling off, just based off a promise that there was going to be deliverance, he said to the people of Israel, he said... I want you, you're going to be delivered. Do you remember that? He said, God is going to visit. God will deliver you. And by the way, I want you to take my bones with you. Anybody remember that where we were in Hebrews? Okay. I think one person, two people, three. All right. Now, we, now we're cooking. All right. So we were talking about Joseph. He does a good job of telling us that story. Uh, but I want us to get back to the idea of the Hebrews 11 and talking about faith So again, remembering we had just finished with Joseph, that God will deliver, and he made the people swear, he says, you will carry up my bones from here. And so a great message uh, from John following that up. So today we're going to be back in Hebrews 11. If you've not been with us, it is this story of faith, this hall of faith that has been called. And what it does is it points out all of these Old Testament believers and shows this example in their life of where they had faith. Now, here's what I want to remind you before we get into it. All of the people we're talking about, we somehow, at times, especially in a passage like this where they're kind of made into an example, okay? We put them on this pedestal because they were mentioned in the Bible as something that's different than us, right? And that's not the case. They were average, normal people. In fact, if you take and read the story of their lives most of them uh, are gonna have a checkered past, right? There's gonna be something in their story that we could look at and say, well, there's good things that we could follow of their example, but don't do that, right? Like today, we're gonna look at the birth of Moses. Moses led this amazing life and was used by God in so many ways, yet he also murdered somebody, right? So we're gonna take out the bad and follow the good. That was what Jesus was for, right? He was the perfect one, every person, needs a relationship with Jesus, and that's what faith is about, this complete trust and confidence in someone or something. That's someone for us, of course, uh, being Jesus uh, Jesus Christ. And so uh, we're back in Hebrews 11 today, and again, we're talking about faith, and this uh, morning will be the birth of Moses that we look at. So Hebrews eleven twenty-three 23 starts out and says this, By faith, there's that word again, right? All in Hebrews 11, by faith. Again, I want to remind you, it is impossible. Impossible. Say that with me, impossible. Impossible to please God without faith. That's what the word says, not my word. It is impossible to please God. And I'll even add something from other passages. It is impossible to have a relationship with God without faith. That's how we enter. It's nothing that you do. It's not being good enough. It's not being not bad enough it's not tipping the scales it's not praying the right prayer it's not reading your bible every day it's not church membership it's not that my my grandmother was a a firm believer it is your personal faith that you have to own everybody is accountable for your own salvation in christ it's faith in him it's the only way you could be the best person I know by the world's standards. Die without Christ, you're going to be apart from Him for eternity. There's no do-over, right? It's faith. Again, faith. Complete trust and confidence in Him. I pray that you have put your faith in Christ. Before I read this passage, can I speak to the person out here that maybe says, faith is foolish, I want mine in reason, I want mine in something. Can I tell you this? If you do not have faith in Christ, let me assure you, you have faith in something else. Right? You may not look at it that way. You may say, well, it's my intellect. It is my ability to read a book and to think about evolution and think about all these, you know, big concepts and all this. Okay, if that's your stance and you believe in that, were you there when that happened? Of course not. You weren't there in the beginning. You got faith from a science book that that happened. You may have faith in science. Uh, you may have a, a, a former relative that says that, you know, we're reincarnated or something. Do you know that for sure, if that's your belief? No, you're putting faith in that, right? You, you understand everyone has faith in something. I choose to put my faith in Jesus Christ, that he is the creator and he is who he says he is. And I, I pray that you do the same. So why not today consider putting your faith and trust and Jesus Christ alone. I promise you, His way is better than yours. I've tried it both both ways, mine and His, and His always uh, wins. Hebrews eleven twenty three. By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hidden for three months by his parents because they saw the child was beautiful, and they were not afraid of the king's edict. Will you pray with me, Father? We thank you for your word. We'll get into it more here in just a second, but we just. Pray your blessing over this. If someone has to leave at this moment, I pray that at the very least, and it's not a, a least thing, but I pray at, at the very least today that they have heard that they are loved, that they are welcomed, they are wanted, and that faith in you, Jesus, is necessary for salvation. It's honestly, in my life, it's necessary for day to day, moment to moment. My faith is necessary. Uh, I need you, Jesus. This uh, people that has gathered needs you. And so we pray your blessings over every person. If someone here doesn't know you, that today would be the day of salvation. And today would also be the day that our intimacy with you, those that know you, that it grows uh, leaps and bounds. We pray that over this crowd. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. So we see the faith. In the birth of Moses Uh, I want to go on and point out that while Moses is mentioned This is much more a story today of the faith of his parents And we'll see how that plays out But as we've done, we've looked at the New Testament And I want us to go back to the Old Testament passage Somebody grab my picture for me before that flies off That one's a special memory to me Got to keep that in there This wind is tough Man, Danny, thank you very much. I appreciate that. Anybody want to see what picture it is? It's an old Western picture. Uh, it's a painting. You remember these old, like, Remington paintings? Anybody know this? And I tell you why I like this picture? This is completely off subject, except you've got to have faith in Jesus, so I'm going to piggyback with that. Uh, it's called My Bunky. It's a silly name, but his bunkmate. If you look at it, there's a, a man that is injured, and the cavalry is coming in. It's three horses. I kind of like to picture that. You know, the preacher in me is the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We all like to be the hero, right? We all like to ride in and save the day. You know, in the grand scheme of things, in Jesus' economy, everybody needs saving, right? We've all been beat up, banged up by life. That's a good imagery to me. So that was free. You don't owe me for that. That's just an extra little thing. Thank you for the wind blowing that away that I could share that with you this morning, all right? Uh, So going to uh, Exodus, talking about Moses, now that we've talked about uh, Old West paintings. Didn't plan to do that. All right, Exodus chapter 2, starting at verse 1 through 8. Exodus 2 says, Now a man from the house of Levi went and took his wife, a Levite woman. The woman conceived and bore a son, and when she saw that he was a fine child, she hid him three months. Can I have a full transparent moment? There's other passages that says that she saw that he was beautiful, so she saved him. I'm glad that Moses wasn't an ugly child. I mean, what does she do if he's ugly? I don't know. That's just the way my mind thinks. But it says she was be- he was beautiful, so she hid him for three months. I- I'm-, I'm glad that that's in there. It says, when she could hide him no longer, she took him uh, uh, from a basket made of bulrushes and dabbed it with pitch. She put the child in it and placed it among the reeds by the riverbank. And his sister stood a distance to know what would be done to him. Now the daughter of Pharaoh came down to bathe in the river, and while her young woman walked beside the river, she saw the basket among the reeds, and she sent her servant woman, and she took it. When she opened it, she saw the child, and behold, the baby was crying. She took pity on him and said, This is one of the Hebrews' children. Then his sister said to Pharaoh's daughter, Shall I go and call you a nurse from the Hebrew women to nurse the child for you? And Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Go. So the girl went and called the child's mother. A lot of stuff that happens here, but we're going to see and talk about the faith that these parents had in something higher than what man could offer as fear or any kind of thing like that. So I want to I get into this, though, if you don't know the rest of the story, and I'm going to assume that some here maybe have never heard this before. Just reading this passage, it sounds kind of weird that a mom would have a child and say, you know what, I'm going to hide this baby for three months, then I'm going to build a basket, and I'm going to place him in the Nile River and float him on down, and hey, best of luck to you, right? Probably not something that we would look at and say, boy, that is just filled with faith. That's awesome. We're gonna look and say, that's horrible. Why would a mom take their own baby and float it down the river and just say, I'm done with you, goodbye? There was a lot of stuff going on and I wanna go back to a couple of passages just to kinda give you the rest of the story and why a mom would let him float down the riverbanks in hopes that someone else would take care of this baby. I wanna take you back to Hebrews that I read. Remember, it had a statement at the end. It says, Moses' parents were unafraid of the king's edict. Now, what kind of edict did he make? Exodus 1.16, here's what uh, Pharaoh is saying. Again, I want to remind you, Pharaoh, the most powerful man, not just in Egypt, but in the entire world at this point. The man, okay? He makes this edict. He says, when you help the Hebrew women give birth, observe them as they delivered. If the child is a son, kill him. But if it's a daughter, let her live. Again, Exodus one twenty-two, just a couple of verses down the road. It says, then Pharaoh, again, remember, we're thinking mummies, we're thinking pyramids, we're thinking the most powerful person in all of existence at this time. It says, then Pharaoh commanded all his people, every son born to the Hebrews, you must throw into the Nile, but every daughter you may allow to live. Crazy scenario, right? He looks at the Hebrew people and basically what happens, they were enslaved, right? This whole thing that going back to Joseph and the bones of him being carried out, this promised deliverance was coming. We know the rest of the story. It's in a book called Exodus. There's going to be this great exodus of a people and there's this growing uh, population of Hebrews, the Israelites, and Pharaoh looks and says, one day there's going to be so many that they could overtake us. And so he says, I have an idea. Every male child that is born, every, you know, typical soldier, not saying that women can't fight, right? I've been around some of you. I'm not going to name any names. I know you can fight pretty well. But back then, right, every male, we're going to just do away with the problem before it ever becomes a problem. Then you have Moses' parents, and they have this child, and they think there's no way we're killing our son. And can you imagine being in that moment, scared to death of the most powerful person in all the world. If they find our baby and we haven't killed them, he's going to kill all of us. What about a dad and mom that had daughters? What about a, a dad and mom that had other young people in the house? If they find, they're not just going to kill, we might lose one son, but if we don't do it, they're going to kill us all. Can you imagine being in that dilemma? The most powerful person in the world has made this edict, but yet we get to Moses' parents, and it says they were unafraid. Hit him for three months. Can you imagine the, the fear of just like, man, I hope he doesn't cry out during the night. I hope that one of Pharaoh's officials isn't walking by and somehow you know, sees uh, uh, Moses' mom nursing through the window. I hope we're not found out. And it came to a point, it's like three months in, it's like we've hid him as long as we can hide him. What do we do? They did what they always did. They had faith in God. They were unafraid of what man had said because God had spoken. God had promised them that deliverance was coming and little did they know that this one little piece of the puzzle, this one little thing that was gonna cause this ripple throughout history, just based off a little bit of faith, A little bit of moment of saying, you know what, I'm unafraid. Can I tell you the truth? Man, life can bring fear. Life is cruel. Life hurts. Life stings. There's even a song about it, you know, Life and Love. It stinks. Love hurts. Life hurts. And we can get fearful, but yet somehow these people were able to look at the most powerful man in the world and said, this is what you got to do. And defiantly, because they knew it was wrong, they said, you know what, we're unafraid. We're going to have faith. Because they believed, unfortunately, unlike some of us, took God at His word that His name is above all names. Any pharaoh, any king, any president, any person, any situation, any disease... By the way, can I tell you this little nugget right here? Maybe this is something you need to hear this morning. I preach it to myself all the time. I used to be so short-sighted when I would get to the passage where it said, Jesus, the name above all names. You know what I used to think that meant? I used to think it meant like any president, any king, any person that could be named. Can I tell you it's so much bigger than that? Anything that can be named. Cancer, hurt, anger. Stress, anxiety, sickness, Jesus' name is above those names. Anybody with me on that this morning? Anything that can be named, his name is greater than any name. Amen. Amen. That's where our faith lies. That's where you can face a situation. You say, I am so scared, but I'm unafraid because he's with me. I have faith, complete trust. By the way, just the definition alone, complete trust that knowing when all hell breaks loose and everything is just falling down around you. I think to the psalmist, even though the mountains crumble, I'll not be afraid. Because he's with me. That complete... Trust and confidence. So three months, Moses' parents were unafraid of the most powerful person in the world. And I tell you why, is because of faith in the Most High. That's it. That was all they had. They said, you know what? God's promised deliverance from Egypt. God's promised deliverance to a promised land. I don't know what part this baby plays in it, but God's led us to this point. We will not kill our baby. We are going to have faith And we are going to be unafraid. We will not be moved because of our faith in God. And then how about the rest of the story? We read in Exodus 2 there that Moses' mom placed Moses in a basket, sends him down the Nile River, and it says that they watched at a distance to see what happened. Anybody want to think it's coincidence that Pharaoh's daughter's out to take a bath that morning? I'm going to say that God had that figured out. Amen? And so his providence and protection has Moses float down to just not a coincidental spot, but to the Pharaoh's spot. And then how about even this? The moment of just that, then it says, the servant girl says, shall I go fetch a Hebrew woman to nurse? Who did he get? Who did she get? Moses' mom. So not only did she not lose her baby, she got to nurse him and see that, hey, he's going to grow up in Pharaoh's house probably going to have a pretty decent, okay lifestyle, right? Now, here's where I want to take you, though. That's great. It's a wonderful story. But the rest of their story, this small act of faith and following God is just the first ripple. You see, it offered immediate salvation for Moses. Uh, Immediate. I mean, that was fixed right in the beginning because Moses was supposed to be thrown in the river, but instead of tossed in the river, he was placed gently in a basket to ride down to where he was supposed to be. So ultimate salvation, but listen, that's great if it ended there, that's perfect. That's a wonderful story, but there's more to the story. One single small act of faith started a ripple that went for generations. Because Moses was saved, because there was this moment that they were unafraid, because of their faith in God, this young baby that was in a basket grew up to be a man that led an entire people to go to the most powerful man in the world and says, my God is bigger than you. And he says, let his people go. One small act of faith. Now, here's what I'm going to tell you. God is kind of cool like this. He doesn't need me and you. I'm fully convinced that if they would have missed the boat and tossed Moses in, that there would have been someone else that God used to lead the exodus. But that's not what he had in mind. That wasn't the plan. God foreknew what was going to happen. He knew that this moment was going to be in time. He knew Moses was going to be that person leading his parents to place him in a basket, offer immediate salvation But the ripple effect would go, by the way, even into this parking lot off of one small act of faith. Everybody look this way for me. I'm going to take it from Moses and take it to you. Take it to me. What in the world does that have to do with us? Well, I'm going to challenge you with this. you got faith in something. How about maybe for the first time in your life putting complete trust and faith and confidence in Him? Have you tried it your way? How's that working out? Try his way. Just see what he can do with it. I promise you, I, I'm just going to blow your mind, the creator of everything that we know, the one who spoke the galaxies into existence, probably can manage your life better than you. I know that's a shock. I know, that's, I know some of you feel you reign supreme because of how you live. I felt that way before, that somehow I'm the king of my life. Man, it works so much better when I yield to Him. By the way, He don't need your permission to do that, but it sure works better when you give it. I've tried it. I've been stubborn. He will humble you. Why not try it on your own? I know this. I know Scripture teaches that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow. You can say right now, I won't, but you will. One day you will. It may be too late, but you will bow and confess, but at that point it may be too late. If you wait to that moment, it will be. Why not bow now? Why not confess Him as Lord now? I mean, I'm telling you, it'll work better than the way you've been trying if you're going on your own. But this ripple effect goes throughout, and so here's what I say. If that one small act of faith changed the course of history for generations, I got good news for you. I want everybody to look this way. Your small act of faith today, your small act of faith today, my small act of faith today could ripple throughout all of eternity. It could. The rest of the story is not written. I don't know what happens. I don't know what happens from the faith of just this little group and how it ripples out. There was a group walking by just a second ago. I don't know what they heard. I don't know what they saw. The Holy Spirit can do amazing things, amen? Go back to Acts, the day of Pentecost. People standing around can't even understand each other. They're talking And I mean, they're speaking different languages, different tongues, and all this stuff. Then all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit takes control, and it says, wait a minute, how did he learn my language? I can't explain that, except that God was on the move. What did those folks hear? Brantley, three weeks ago, a guy pulled up, because Brantley and him was talking about each other's Jeep. Do you know he pulled up here with his doors off and the roof off, and listened to every single word of everything that happened, and then pulled off and left? What did he hear? I don't know. Maybe he found faith in Jesus that day. Maybe just the small little bit of faith of him driving by and saying, why in the world would they be gathered in a parking lot? And then he hears the name Jesus. Can I tell you this? He may have rolled up with doubts and fears, sickness, anxiety, stress. You know whose name is bigger than that? Jesus. And he heard it. What little bit of faith that we show just by showing up and saying, you know what, I'm tired today. I mean, for the ones in the back, my team lost yesterday, right? I don't feel good today or whatever, but we showed up, we're here. A little bit of faith, just gathering together as a faith family. What ripple effect does that have? I can tell you from this one that this little baby became a leader that led God's people out of Egypt, just as God had promised hundreds of years before the deliverance of a nation, all because parents said, I see the king's edict, but I'm unafraid. I got faith in somebody bigger than Pharaoh. So let's think this way. I'll close with this. What ripple comes from just your small act of faith today? I want to tell you this. Whatever that small act is, it may feel and in fact be a small act of faith, but God can do a lot with and in faith. Not just for you, but think about this, for generations. Some of you, just your faith for generations could change your family's life. Think about that. And here's the most beautiful part of it all. It has nothing to do with you. You're not responsible for it. You just live in faith and let God do the rest. That's all we have to do. So let's pray with that, let's pray God's blessing over that, let's pray that if there's someone here that doesn't know Him, that today they find that faith, and if we do know Him, that we allow that faith to grow and just ask Him to take that ripple effect and do amazing things with that. So let's do this, daily, let's walk, just walk in faith. Anybody up for trying that this week, just a little bit of faith? See anybody? All right, I'm with you. Let's do it. Father, we thank you for this day. Uh, It's my prayer that if someone is here that doesn't know you today, that that first step of faith would be to say, you know what, I believe the word. I believe that one day my knees will bow and confess. I choose to do that now. Jesus, you are Lord and my Savior. You died in my place. Thank you for forgiveness. Forgive me of my sins. Thank you for that forgiveness, I believe. To me, If God's leading you to that, then you are in. There's nothing else. You are His. Now it's to walk in faith, to let Him be Lord of your life. Father, those of us that do know you, may we be like Moses' parents and be unafraid of what man says, what life brings, and say, no, I have faith, complete faith. Trust and confidence in the Most High, in Jesus' name. I pray that over this crowd, and I just pray your blessings over us all. Grow our faith wherever it's at. If it's yet to begin, start it today. If it's been going on for 90 years, I pray that you grow it uh, even more today, that we walk closer with you. Jesus, uh, not our way, but yours. May we just walk in faith, uh, complete trust and confidence in you. Jesus, we love you. Jesus, we need you. And Jesus, we thank you. We pray it in your name. Amen.